From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, OCTA, DME, and anti-VEGF therapy. Earliest vascular damage occurs in deep capillary plexus before something happens to superficial capillary plexus. First this. Imagine a library of 100,000 books in subjects that interest you and subjects that don't. The books of this library are arranged, bizarrely, by publisher and date of publication. How useful would such a library be to you? How soon would you give up on trying to find a book that really interested you? ASCRS's impressive online content has been a little like that library until now. The new ASCRS Center for Learning at ASCRS.org learn organizes the vast and growing ASCRS online content, podcasts, and CME offerings into a unified, searchable whole so that we can find the material we want in the format that best suits us. Go to ASCRS.org and click on Center for Learning or go directly to ASCRS.org slash learn. OCTA holds enormous promise as a diagnostic tool. Many recent papers on OCTA highlight this promise, but few have used OCTA in actual clinical practice for decision-making. Professor Young Hee-Yoon has just published results of a study that makes good on OCTA's promise in the context of treatment of diabetic macular edema. I'm happy to welcome Dr. Young as my guest today. How is the diagnosis of diabetic macular edema, DMA, usually made? I guess, first of all, we have to, of course, the patient with diabetic retinopathy came in with a visual loss, and then look at the fundus, and usually right now I do uh, SDOCT, the standard method. Of course, um, I need FA when needed, sometimes uh, at the beginning or when it's just I want to confirm the ischemia, uh, degree of ischemia or things, but usually uh, SDOCT is the thing to make a diagnosis at this point. And then the degree of um, DME, when to treat or not, is um, uh, about like 300 micrometer, which is a guideline of a Korean reimbursement program also. So really around 300 microgram, micrometer I start to treat. And what are the characteristic findings on FA and, and SDOCT? And is either of these technologies more sensitive to DME than the other? I think I could say SDOCT is more sensitive right now. It shows uh, the presence of uh, fluid or presence of exudate and uh, each layer because leak FA sometimes um, doesn't show the uh, the degree of leakage and sometimes it it, it has um, edema but uh, the cap- depending on the capillary it doesn't show the, the amount of leakage from the capillaries so uh, both can be um, sensitive but um, I think right now um, SDOCT is more sensitive I can tell. Now, before the advent of SDOCT, the gold standard was really fluorescein angiography. What are the limitations mm-hmm. of FA? 
course, uh, fluorescent angiography, you know, p patients don't like to have a needle sticking into vessels. It's an invasive procedure, so-called. And um, a lot of, lot of diabetic patients have, um, especially they have advanced diabetic retinopathy, they also have having uh, kidney problems. So um, although fluorescence is not as bad as um, a radiological dye, but still the patients are afraid of to having dye uh, into their vein if they have a poor kidney function. So kidney function is one thing, and also we don't know, sometimes some patient has an allergic reaction to fluorescence, has go to anaphylaxis reaction. So those things uh, make a patient to not to choose the FA and the practical thing is um, FA um, only shows the superficial capillary plexus. The deep capillary plexus uh, is not shown by FA and then the leakage can be seen but it doesn't show exact leakage, it shows only like a late diffuse leakage pattern because of superposition of superficial capillary plexus and overlying leakage from superficial capillary plexus. So it has a limitation to visualize deep capillary plexus. So now, uh, especially the macular side of view, OCT angiogram can probably replace um, fluorescent angiography, not peripheral side, but the macular side, I guess. Yeah, I, since the the fluorescein angiography is intrinsically two D, everything's going to be flattened, and it, 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 it's you know you one as you say is going to see a superposition of the the deep and superficial capillary plexuses. How does mm -hmm. OCT angiography work? And I gather there there are several methods of OCTA. Mm -hmm. which, which one did you use? Mm -hmm. There are uh, currently two available, and one is going coming. And I don't, I don't, I know they are they are using different algorithms, but I'm not really good at um, to explain the technological difference between machines. The the NGO view is the the first commercially available in Korea, and uh, right now ZEISS is out, but uh, when we did a study, NGOV is the only thing available, and it used um, SADA algorithm, which, um, which I wrote down there, split spectrum amplitude decorrelation angiography. So this has a different technology as um, ZEISS and Heidelberg. They have a different method. So I uh, I used uh, this because um, this one was the only available one uh, when I did the study, and also it gives very high quality vascular imaging with a higher signal to noise ratio. I know um, OCTA has a potential to make an error in many ways, especially um, this uh, machine, but. Um, Especially big people said NGV has a more prone to making an error. But um Zeiss and Heidelberg if you uh if you image choroidal or subretinal uh region, choroidal neovascularizations and all those choroidal regions, the deeper 
area probably NGV is not the good best machine to show uh, because it's a higher risk of developing um, a false image. But as long as uh, retina vascular plexus integrity is shown, I think NGV is an excellent machine to show um, good quality image using uh, high quality vascular imaging. So. Uh, I guess you will see in you know, a better machines and also in this, all these machines are evolving so they can make a better image with less technical error but um, this is the only one available and I, for retina vessels it's, it was, I think it's good and it will be good in the future too. Younghee, what question did your study seek to answer? I guess that's the that's the thing I I put as, as uh, my purpose. I since OCTA is new technology and show the capillary plexus, so I really really liked. There are a few before me, but I really, really like to uh, see structural integrity of superficial versus deep capillary plexus. It's just a newly visible with this machine, and and then. I, I had a, little, a few patients triggered me to study this um, this uh, finding. Maybe some patients had a very different um, category, different amount of degree of deep capillary plexus damage. And usually deep capillary plexus damage is big when it did not respond to current therapy. So. I kind of try to investigate whether my hypothesis is correct or not. So we like to see the main purpose was the deep capillary plexus uh, integrity and its association with uh, anti-VEGF responsiveness. And what was the design of your study, of this study? Uh, It's a uh, retrospective case control study, so it's not a prospective. Prospective could be better, but uh, it was a respect, retrospective study. We we chose first of all we chose um, anti-VEGF non-responsive, poor responsive eyes, so-called, 51 eyes, and then we thought probably we should compare with uh, good response. Actually, more more eyes respond better, like about 60% respond to anti-VEGF if you look at the protocol eye, TRCL net protocol eye study. In practice, like about 35% patient usually does not respond to anti-VEGF very well. So more patients respond to anti-VEGF. But anyway, about one-third is not responsive. So that's a pretty good number. So we focused on primarily we chose non-responsive eyes, 51. And then as a to comparison, we chose age-matched 32 responsive eyes. And then we kind of had a control 20 no DMEIs to just uh, you know, as a control to compare all those parameters. The 20 eyes from um, DME, no DMEIs with the diabetic retinopathy eyes. So, and then we compare those eyes, mm-hmm. OCTA and SDOCT. And what were your, your main outcome measures? Main outcome measure was um, the OCTA um, images, we could have three three parameters, uh, vascular density, area of foveal avascular zone, 
and number of microaneurysms from uh, each superficial capillary plexus and deep capillary plexus. And as I said, we did also SD OCT image analysis, which we look for anything consistent with OCTA. So we had, uh, in this paper, we had uh, outer plex form layer integrity and also um, the fluid density in the major intraretinal cyst. You were comparing uh, poor responders to anti-VEGF therapy with people who responded well. How did you define anti-VEGF poor response? I think this is a. This is not my my definition. It's many papers. You know, use this. We share the same category, like a poor response. Or some people call non-response. Some people poor response. Anyway, the meaning. Usually, we do three consecutive anti-VEGF injections, and then if the response is not good enough, that means not uh, not reach more than. 50 micrometer reduction. So whoever had a uh, no reduction or less reduction than 50 micrometer or even increase in CRT after three consecutive anti-VEGF injection is maybe belong to forest panda. Younghee, what were your findings? What were your results? So as we showed in our paper, um, the main thing is um, compared to good responder, poor responder had uh, significantly worse um, worse in three parameters in deep capillary plexus, every single parameter, the FAZ, vascular density, and microaneurysms are all worse in deep capillary plexus. But um, interestingly, superficial capillary plexus did not show the difference. So, you, know, you look at when you look at the fluorescent angiography, it, it is hard to show because it, fluorescent angiography usually show superficial capillary plexus. So this is very interesting finding. And as we said, we did also compare non-DME and DMEIs, and then that also showed compared to DMEIs compared to non-DMEIs, DMEIs also showed uh, uh, worse DCP than um, superficial capillary plexus. So means um, most, um, I guess, early, earliest vascular damage occurs in deep capillary plexus before something happens to superficial capillary plexus, which makes sense because the deep capillary plexus, the distal end of the uh, retinal capillary, it, you know, it goes along ganglion cell layer and go deeper into the retinal layer. So deep capillary plexus of the distal part of the superficial capillary plexus. And also um, the outer plexform layer disruption OCT was corresponding to DCP non-flow area very well in our cases, which you can think um, the deep capillary plexus location is um, inner nuclear layer and outer plexform layer, the border of that area. So that could probably explain uh, outer plexform layer integration is supplied mainly from um, deep capillary plexus. So I mean, it theoretically it matches, and then we 
we observed the same finding from our eyes. You looked at flow density. Did you observe flow density differences between DMA, excuse me, between DME and non-DME eyes? Yeah, we saw the, the DME eyes and non-DME eyes. There was a significant difference um, in DME eyes, I mean, worse in DME eyes than non-DME eyes. So as I as I put the quoted from the my my paper, uh, you know, we kind of we kind of um, separated, uh, removed very bad advanced eyes with the proliferative, and then still DME eyes compared to non-DME eyes had a poor uh, vascular flow density in DCP. So. Um, vascular density in DCP was um, more um, worse than non-DME eyes. Superficial is uh, still similar. That's interesting. Yeah, no, no, that's really Mm -hmm. cool. Did any of the OCTA measures show significant differences in PDR versus NPDR groups? That one, actually, we put that as a supplementary data because people might wonder whether proliferative and non-proliferative make a difference. Of course, the numbers are not uh, huge, so we just, uh, regardless of uh, responsiveness, we just uh, uh, divided non-proliferative 41 eyes and proliferative 42 eyes, and here, the difference was not significant. So clinical stage of diabetic retinopathy doesn't seem to be associated with um, TCP loss. That was our finding. Younghee, this this is a a sort of technical question, but I, I think it's an important one. Your OCTA data is segmented into inner and outer plexuses. Since the pathology you examined, DME, is one that itself distorts the retinal architecture, you had to deal with segmentation errors. How did you do this? Yeah, that's actually that's the main question everybody has, and we also had a, a difficulty. This one, if you use the machine, there's a, a auto segmentation function, and it makes uh, it fixes IPL line, uh, which was the uh, reference layer of dividing SCP and DCP at 15, and then outer border of DCP is a 70. So that auto segmentation gives like 0 to 15 is a superficial capillary plexus and 15 to 70 about 55 micrometer uh, band considered as DCP which is way way wrong when you deal with uh, the edematous eyes and then as I said uh, you can you can you can manually move the line you know, once you get the image, and in the in the machine you can the, there is a software we can move out, move the lines. So the move the IPL line is not in right position. We move that to the IPL, and then also the outer border of DCP we can move down to uh, in the nuclear layer and outer plexiform layer um, border. So it. It gives a pretty good range of um, pretty, pretty approximate amount. It covering uh, makes uh, 
that two bands cover whole deep capillary plexus. That's the thing. But sometimes it's not always, you know, like a regular line. So sometimes irregular wavy border was there. So those things are very tricky. But uh, there is a, another function, like a flattened band tools, which is not perfect, but you can still move out a little bit to make um, just to cover all the TCP in between two lines. And then another thing, actually, there's this another thing. Most cases, you know, the I checked the OCTA um, after, after treatment. So when you have a very, I don't expect OCTCP um, capillary plexus changes after one injection of uh, VEGF like within a month or two. So you can measure OCTA when eye is really swollen, but then you can still measure OCTA, repeat it again after swelling goes down pretty much for responding eyes. And non-responding eyes, of course, there was a non-responding eyes, but um, I didn't put that in this paper. I'm going to do that like as a follow-up paper, but most cases I treat with um, steroid after um, I found those eyes not respond to anti-VEGF3 injections. So when you treat it, Argidex, that goes down. So there is a trick. Some some eyes had a, um, a follow-up OCTA can give a confirmation what it did when the eye was swollen was pretty much uh, correct. But anyway, most eyes we did uh, we used to uh, cover TCP the manually, manually adjusting the lines to cover all the TCP. So there's um, there's a whole lot of work actually. Those things are from machine to machine. Those tricks should be different. I found uh, this machine retina is uh, is uh, feasible to do it. But once you have a uh, like a uh, um, like a, you know, PD, like a focal cystic PD, or those kind of things. But those things are not not. It's very difficult to adjust. the The line moves para parallel. It doesn't. You can't really draw in a along the irregular border. So the macular edema is still feasible, but somehow focal lesions probably difficult to do that. You counted microaneurysms on the OCTA images, and although microaneurysms are relatively easy to spot clinically, I'm curious how you found them and how you, you defined them within the context of OCTA. And then my, my sort of correlate question is, is this, OCTA does not directly measure vessels. It doesn't directly even measure the, the lumens. It, it measures flow. And I'm curious whether there are any limitations in identifying microaneurysms because I would assume that the flow is going to be lower in the microaneurysms than in the, the adjacent vasculature. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Uh, we actually compared microaneurysm in FA and uh, OCTA. Remember, our cases, all cases were we 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 did FA. So everybody has FA image too. Um, but FA, as I said, has shows only microaneurysms from superficial capillary plexus, not deep. Deep is very deep, very hard to show by FA. And OCTA 
shows definitely deep capillary plexus has uh, more number of um, microaneurysms than in superficial capillary plexus. Yeah, I, I'm doing my uh, follow-up ex- follow-up. Uh, study right now, but I think a lot of people are interested in how, whether anti-VEGF or steroid treatment can reverse the vascular damage, which probably can happen uh, if there is a no capillary. The anti-VEGF is tightening the junction, endothelial junctions, and there's no capillary, then uh, less target of anti-VEGF agent. And then these are all assumptions. These are not. This has to be show, you know, proved. But there's all hypothesis. And we also think some vessels, you know, although they are leaking, but they also have a role to observe the fluid around the tissue. And there is a DCP is completely gone. There's no blood vessels to reabsorb the fluid from extracellular space. So all those are. Uh, assumptions, so it has to be studied uh, some more. And then at this point, um, I think it's too early, but uh, at least my um, my practice, you know, you spend like six months with no effective treatment, and then the the cost effectiveness is very low, and the antibiotic is very expensive, especially in Korea. If liver cell is very expensive, so instead of spending six months waiting with a fluid. If you know from the beginning this is not going to be work very well, then you can probably consider more effective treatment, which could be steroid or uh, vitrectomy or some other things you can probably do. So if you have edema for six more months, then that will damage photoreceptor more, even more. So... um, I hope, I hope my theory will prove with the larger series of eyes so you can use as a predictor for anti-VEGF responsiveness. But, uh, he this was absolutely great stuff. This is a, a wonderful study. I think that, that OCTA is just the, the coolest thing and the way that you've, you've shown these significant differences uh, that that correlate with real clinical findings. I think it's just wonderful. I want to thank you so much for uh, you, sharing this with us and being so very generous with your time with us today. Thank you. Young Hee Yoon is professor in the Department of Ophthalmology at the Asan Medical Center at the University of Olsen College of Medicine in Seoul, Korea. Her paper. Optical Coherence, Tomography, and Geography of DME and its Association with Anti-VEGF Treatment Response appears in the November 2016 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Young or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As seen from here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.